first started talking to you about this series, I told you that um, it really didn't matter what stage your family was in, that if you were single, if you were married, if you were engaged, if you were single again, that all of these things would apply to you. And I want you to hear from me, I meant that. And if you're not careful, as I get into today, you're going to think, well, he's just talking to married folk. And nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, we're going to talk about faithfulness today. And oh, by the way, faithfulness doesn't start when you say, I do. We are all called to live a life of faithfulness, and that's what we're going to unpack today. Joshua 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord... Then choose today whom you will serve. I love this line. Come on, y'all. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Somebody said that it was harder to serve God in today's culture than it's ever been. And I don't know if that's true or not. I will tell you that the enemy doesn't like faithful people. The enemy doesn't like faithful families. The enemy doesn't like a family who has said, Hey, I don't care if the rest of the world's going to hell in a handbasket, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Truthfully, there is nothing more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness than a family that is committed to serving Christ. That is why there has never been an attack against the family like there is at least in my lifetime, I've never seen it like this. Um, it, almost to the point where if, if, you're a, if, if you have a, a family that's trying to serve God, um, it, it's almost like you're an outcast in this culture. It, it's almost like we have turned our culture upside down. And so I'm going to say a lot of things today that are not culturally sensitive um, I hope y'all are okay with that, but uh, th the truth is um, there's some of this stuff that we just don't say enough uh, about what it looks like to be faithful men and women, faithful Christian men and women. Now listen, if you're in the room and you say, Dwayne, I'm not a Christ follower, if you're watching online, Dwayne, I'm not a Christ follower, listen to me. Um, I, I want to implore with you with everything inside me Man, follow Jesus. You'll never find abundant life in anything else other than a relationship with Christ. So I want to encourage you. Uh, now, now, some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today seem, might seem hard in today's culture. But I, I guess I, I just want to say it like we've said it a thousand times. God's way works. It just does. You saw in that video, and I said it to you last week, that in order for relationships to work, we must let the one who designed them define them. See, I don't get to, desi to design, I don't get to define what marriage looks like. God did that a long time ago. I don't get to define what, what it looks like for me to be a husband. God did that a long time ago. Donna doesn't get to define what it looks like to be a wife. God did that. But here's what we found. That doing things God's way, you will find an abundance of joy. And 
in, and, and, and I'm not just talking about giddy romantic happiness. I'm talking about lifelong joy, lifelong love. It works. Faithfulness. The very first week we talked to you about laying a faith foundation. Well, what we're going to talk about today is the evidence of a faith foundation. In fact, you can write this down. A faith foundation is evidenced by our faithfulness to God and to our families. To God and to our families. To God and to our families. So my question is, how many families are destroyed? How many marriages are torn apart for lack of faithfulness? And oh, by the way, I'm not just talking about sexual infidelity. That's obviously a problem. But I mean faithful to everything that I'm called to be as a man of God, faithful to everything that I'm called to be as a husband and as a father. How many marriages and homes and families have been torn apart because we, we don't understand and have a grasp of faithfulness? Here we go. Let's define it. Faithful means this, true to one's word. Can we stop there? What would our culture look like if we just started doing what we say we're going to do? True to one's word, promises, vows, etc. Steady in allegiance. Take a quick poll. Raise your hand if someone at one time told you they loved you and then they don't love you anymore. Steady in allegiance, constant, reliable, come on y'all, trusted, believed. That's, that's what, not just as husbands and wives and spouses and parents and children, as human beings, that's who we're called to be. The problem is, we're not doing great at this. So I want to talk about three aspects of faithfulness. The first one I want to talk about is our faithfulness to each other. How many know that we're called to be faithful to each other? Especially in the context of a marriage, we're called, called to be faithful to each other. No couple plans on adultery. Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, you know, everything's great. But I think today... Doesn't work that way, does it? Somebody said adultery happens in even the best marriages. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. Adultery is a symptom of deeper problems. Oh, by the way, if you'll come to marriage conference, we're going to talk about that. Can I just team us? My relationship with a faithful God, listen to me, is directly connected to my ability to be a faithful husband. I've heard people say that there, there are lots of people who don't follow Christ who are faithful spouses. Well, I guess it depends on how you define faithful. Um, I, I think faithfulness to my wife, faithfulness to my spouse goes a lot further than just saying no to sexual activity outside my marriage. It goes a lot further than that. I mean, if that's all that it means to be faithful, that 
You just keep your pants on when you're not at home, you know. That you stay away from porn, stay out of strip clubs. Congratulations, your husband of the year. Come on, y'all. You and I are called to a higher standard than that as followers of Christ. We are called to live a life of faithfulness in all of us. Oh, by the way, I was tell, talking to Mikey this morning in my office. I'm being canceled. I'm being canceled. I think that's cool. I'm being canceled. Because people who did what I did in the late 90s and the early 2000s, we are being accused of creating a toxic culture. Youth pastors, they call it the toxic purity culture. That because as youth pastors, we would stand on stages and say, you know, I was making sure they ain't no little, little ones, you know, stay pure. Don't have sex before you get married. And we would say, think, well, we have been oppressive, you know, and, and we have caused this uh, oppressive culture now, to, you know, because we inhibited people's sexual expression in, in the millennial generation. So we're, you can go on social media. We're being canceled. I think it's cool. <laughs> I, I think you can say you've done something important if somebody's trying to cancel you. Yeah. And so I, I get what I'm talking about today is, is, is looked at as antiquated in our culture. So let's just, let's just define this real quick. It's going to get real quiet here in about 10 seconds. Make no mistake, God's plan for sexual activity is in the confines of a lifelong monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. Kathy liked it. <laughs> but it's more than that. Faithfulness to our, to our God, faithfulness to our families, faithfulness to our spouses goes beyond just saying no to sexual activity. It's about me saying yes to my role as a spouse. Saying no is good. We should. Should say no. I'm just saying it's not enough. If I, and, and, and listen, I'm going to have to use the context of my marriage, okay? Because that's just, that's, that's the window that I look at the world through. Faithful means I regard her whole person in highest esteem. Faithful means I relate to her in such a way, listen, that she never has to doubt the security of our relationship. Several years ago, and listen, I don't, I'm going to ask for a little grace today. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that Donna and Dwayne have it all figured out, because we don't. All right, I, I don't want to present that as we're your model. But I, we, have, we did just celebrate 37 years. Now, some of y'all been there a little bit longer than that. But the goal is not just to stay married a long time. The goal is an abundant, rich life that only comes when I follow Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I want her to be secure in, in our relationship. I want her to feel confident in our relationship. 
That's why we try not to have secrets from each other. She, I don't even know where my phone is. Usually she, you know, I'm like, baby, where's my phone? You know, she has permission. If she needs to get on my computer, she needs to get on my phone. She has, she didn't, I, it's hers. It's as much hers as it is mine. Because I want to be faithful to my wife. And here's why. Because Hebrews 13 and 4 says, Give honor to marriage. Remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. I'm, I'm going to tell you that God's plan works. And it's hard. I know. I get it. But it just works. Here's how, how God's called us to be faithful. Look, first of all, he's called us to be faithful with our speech. That means not having flirty conversations with other women. It's about reserving the most intimate conversations about my life with her. Nobody should know me like she knows me. And it's a little scary because she knows me better than I know me. <laughs> Faithful in my speech. I need to have conversations with everybody I, I, as if she's right here. Does that make sense? I need to be faithful in my speech. I need to be faithful with my eyes. How do you avoid sexual imagery in this world today? How do you avoid it? Live in a cave? Walk around with your eyes closed? I learned something, y'all, and, and again, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to say Dwayne is the example, Donna is the example. I'm just going to tell you how, how I learned to process this. And it was actually in a Jensen Franklin sermon years and years and years ago. And it really is, it, it's not about not looking at other women. It's about how I look at my wife. That means I reserve all of those thoughts and all of those images just for her see i got to be faithful with my speech and i got to be faithful with my eyes and i can be faithful with my touch yeah. i learned a long time ago how to be i'm, I'm the best one arm hugger i give the best side hugs on the planet and y'all y'all think well Dwayne, that's excessive that's excessive. No, it's not. It's faithful. It means I, I want to reserve those touches for her. And I'm pretty sure that's how she wants it. I'm, I need to be faithful with my speech. I need to be faithful with my eyes. I need to be faithful with my touch. And I need to be faithful with my thoughts. So I... I, I I want to, I, I know this is kind of heavy, but we can live this life, y'all. We can live this life where all of our sexual energy goes in one direction. Yeah. <laughs> there are tons and tons and tons of research. Do you know who the most fulfilled, happy, Sexually fulfilled people on the planet are monogamous Christians. I'm trying not to even look over my kids. 
hey, are, are we okay with this kind of conversation? By the way, you know, Paul talked about sexual sin more, almost more than anything else in the New Testament. It's a thing, y'all. And it's a thing in the church. Every, I, get, I get emails almost weekly about pastors who have, who have succumbed to, to sexual sin. And I don't want to go down that road. So I want to do what I got to do to live a life that's faithful to my wife. And that, it, it doesn't happen with just a moral decision. Our faithfulness to each other follows our faithfulness to God. I'd like to tell you that I'm a moral, ethical man enough to, to be a completely faithful husband without God. That would be a lie. Here's what I can tell you is that blessing follows faithfulness to God. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful person will be richly blessed. The best life you can live is a life held close to the principles and precepts of Scripture. The best life. The best life. I will go to my grave with that statement. I don't want to give away too much of Team Us. <laughs> Woohoo, Team Us. <laughs> do, do you know why sexual sin takes place inside of a marriage? Do you know why? I mean, I'm not going to quote a bunch of pornography statistics, but do you know why? It, 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 it's just overwhelming. Because the enemy has convinced us that there's something out there, there's a need out there that can't be met inside God's plan. And that, beloved, is a lie. God's way works. And here's the other thing. Our faithfulness to God is expected. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. And, and maybe you're here and you're single and you're like, you know, this doesn't apply to me. I, I, I want to challenge that thought. Because I think you need to be faithful to your spouse even before you meet her. Did that make sense? Here's what our faithfulness to God says. God, I believe you. I believe that your way works. So I'm going to do it your way. Even though the other way may look enticing, I'm going to do it your way. Our faithfulness to God says, I trust you. I believe, God, that inside your plan is my best life. I trust you. And oh, by the way, when we try to find something outside of God's plan, then we're saying, God, I don't trust you. Did you hear that? God, I don't trust you to meet my needs inside your plan, so I'm going outside of your plan. Our faithfulness to God says, God, I need you. I need you because I'm broken. 
and, and left to my own devices, I'll go 90 million different directions. So I need you because I'm broken. I trust you. And lastly, you're in control and I surrender. I will do things your way. When we're faithful to God, we do things His way, even though it's challenging. Even though the enemy would paint a picture that there's something flashy and exciting outside of that plan. Now listen, I'm not, listen, I'm old, but I ain't that old. Bible even says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And the only way I've ever, I don't, I don't know, been able to adequately explain God's plan of keeping sexual activity inside the confines of the marriage relationship was how I explained it to my children with a fireplace. You know, y'all have all seen my wife's Instagram posts early in the fall when we do that first fire and she's got her fuzzy socks up and, and she's got a picture of the fire. It, it, there's nothing more comforting, nothing more soothing than that fire on a cold evening. Is, am I right? Put that fire in the middle of your living room and it's disaster. Right? So I'm faithful, we're faithful, not just because we're moral, but because we're faithful to God. And here's the only way we can be faithful to God. See, a life of faithfulness doesn't begin with a moral decision. It doesn't begin with an ethical choice. It begins with recognizing God's faithfulness to us. I'm not faithful to my wife because I took a vow. Because I have some heightened sense of morality. I'm faithful to my wife in response to God's faithfulness to me. Yeah. Can we talk about how faithful God is? All my life you have been faithful. See, God's faithfulness is eternal. You've already heard this passage, but you're going to hear it again. Know therefore, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that your Lord, the, the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Let me tell you about the faithfulness of God. He cannot change. He cannot lie. And he cannot break his promise. Those are the th three things God can't do. God's faithfulness is eternal. God's faithfulness is unconditional. Listen to this passage in 2 Timothy. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Eyeballs. God will never stop being who he is just because you stopped being who you said you were. That's how faithful he is. Amen. 
God's faithfulness protects. Oh, by the way, do you know that God's way is a, is a way of protection? You know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I, I've heard too many stories. Don't know, I've been doing this almost 30 years between youth ministry and planting this church. Story after story after story of the fire getting outside the wrong, getting the wrong place. And the hurt that's followed and the abuse and the trauma that's followed. I'm just, I just want you to hear me. God's way works. Psalm 91 says, he'll cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. I think where my heart is right now, and not just for our church, but for the body of Christ. Man, I've been so excited about uh, these awakenings and prayer vigils and revivals that are taking place in our college campuses. I've been, been so excited to see that. Would you like that here? Would you really? Okay, well, I'll, I'll unlock the door and we'll stay 24 hours a day. I'm not playing, because that's what it takes. But you know what? I, I, and, and people are saying that this is the awakening that, that's going to usher in Christ, and it may be, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the authority on how God authors revival. But I'm going to tell you where my heart is. My heart is to see that kind of dedication and fervor inside homes of Christian men and women. I love it when it's, when it's here. I love it when it's, when it's loud and exuberant. But, but what God is calling us to is not just a, a, a loud expressive, days-long meeting. I, I love those things, and please don't misunderstand me. But I think real revival takes place when, when husbands say, I know this is weird, and I've never done this before, but will you pray with me? I know this is weird, and I've never done this before, but I need you to keep a track on my phone because I can't trust myself. And listen to me, guys. There's not a woman in the world that would push back at that. She'd love it. I want to be faithful to you. Will you help me? The answer will always be yes. There's not a husband in the world that would, that would push back, baby, I'm going off of Facebook because I got too many guys from my senior class trying to hook me up. <laughs> Come on, y'all. And so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, my heart is pleading for don't misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say. What I believe the heart of God is pleading for is for Christian men and women to say with their lives, God's way works. Does that mean 
that from this point forward, if we'll just say that, that it'll always be easy. Nope, it'll be. It may get harder. Because the enemy hates what I just talked about. It doesn't mean you'll never experience difficulty in your life and in your marriage. It doesn't mean that you'll never experience pain or hardship. It doesn't mean that everything's always going to go your way. It does mean that there's a plan and that God knows what he's doing. And it doesn't, it, it does mean that when you experience those difficult parts of your life, that God will never waste that pain and that he'll use it for your good and his glory. Listen to me, always, every tear, every heartache, every pain, God will use for his good, your good, and his glory. When we do things God's way. Here's what God's faithfulness says to you. I will never leave you. Do you know a human being can't say that? We can, we can hope to never leave you. But you've had somebody in your life that said, I'll never leave you, and then they left. God can't lie, and he can't break his promise. So when he says, I'll never leave you, you can, you can stand on that promise. God's faithfulness says, I'll never leave you. God's faithfulness says, I'll keep my promise. I asked these guys that were here Wednesday night this question. Has, has God ever fulfilled a promise to you in your life? And there was several different, several different. I, I didn't share mine, but I'd like to share mine now. I met Donna at, uh, I was like 15, and I was smitten just immediately. And this is not one of cheesy Pastor Dwayne stories, okay? So just give me, give me a little grace. Fast forward, we get married very, very young. And uh, somewhere around, I don't know, my early 20s, maybe 22, 23, somewhere in there, I, I'm, I'm just not being the man that I'm supposed to be. Now listen, I'm, I, I wasn't in some crazy, you know, I wasn't, you know, doing a, a, a lot of stuff that, I don't know how to say it. My heart wasn't in it. I, I, was, a, I was a phony. I was standing on stage and singing, and my heart wasn't in it. And, and somebody dropped this passage of scripture, and I don't even—I don't—I I wish I could remember who it was. I don't know if it was a sermon on the radio. I don't know if it was a sermon at church. I don't know if it was—I don't—I don't have no idea. But there was this passage of scripture that started rolling around in my in, in my heart, and it was something that you've heard me say ten thousand times, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope 
and a future. And I made a choice. And you've heard my silly stories over and over again. I, made, I was riding around 285, and I made a choice. I, I, as close to audibly heard God say, get in or get out. And I said, okay, I'll go all in. And I did. Because I knew God had a plan for my life. That was the greatest thing. I, I, I knew that I was supposed to marry her. I, did, I knew little else. I, I thought that I'd heard God called a ministry, but I didn't really know what that, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't really know what that meant. And I thought I was fulfilling all that because I was singing on a stage on Sunday and I was empty and dry. So I made a choice around 285. I'm going all in. And that was 34 years ago, maybe. 33 years ago. And now I see her, and I see them, my precious little granddaughter back there. And the reason I'm able to enjoy that life is because I made the choice to follow Jesus with everything in my heart. I'm not going to tell you I've lived a perfect life since then, because I haven't. I've not been faithful in all my ways. But all my life, you have been faithful. I guess what I want you to hear, regardless of where you're at, I said it before, you're married, you're going to be married, you're single, you're barely married, you never want to be married, I don't know where you're at. Let God work his plan in your life. And the last one is God, God's faithfulness says, I'll never leave you. I'll keep my promise. I have a plan and I'm in control. Because he is, y'all. Donna's going to come and... Uh, I think how, how I want to end this time together. If you put God's faithfulness to you on one side of the scale and you put your faithfulness to God and others on the other side of the scale, which one's going to be heavier? Of course. So I, I, I didn't want this sermon to be Dwayne beating people up for their lack of faithfulness because the truth of the matter is we've all been faithful-less. So I think how I want to I respond to this, and I want us all to respond to this, and maybe just to as you're thankful for God's faithfulness to you, 
Let his precious Holy Spirit search your hearts for areas where you could be more faithful to him or faithful to others, especially your family. And let's ask God to help us live our lives of faithfulness to him and to others in full response to his faithfulness to us. Does that make sense? So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray. I want you to know that I love you. But I'm, I'm compelled to challenge you this morning. If there are areas in your life where you have not been faithful to God, to others, I believe God wants to, by the power of His Spirit, empower you to live a life of faithfulness. And I think it can start with a simple prayer. Would you stand to your feet? Nobody looking around. Y'all must ask you to be patient with me. I'm, I'm just, man, I just sense that God wants to do something in somebody's life. In fact, let's do it this way. Dwayne, I, I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful to God. I want to be found faithful to those in my life, my family, my spouse if you're married. I want to be found faithful. And there's a work that God needs to do in my life right now. And listen, by saying that, that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're caught in some debaucherous, awful sin. But you want to live a life in full response to God's faithfulness to you. Would you just stick your hand in there so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. Me too. And would you do one other thing for me? If you're here with your spouse, I want to pray a special prayer of you today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are blown away by your faithfulness to us. And in the grand scheme of, of life, our faithfulness can never compare to yours. Because you're God and you are good. 
You'll never break your promise. You'll always keep your word. And even in our faithlessness, you've proven yourself faithful. But God, we've declared that we want to be found faithful. Faithful to our God. Faithful to our families. Faithful to our spouses. We want to be found faithful to the God who loved us enough and gave us his precious son, Jesus. So God, I pray that as, as we stand in agreement this morning, God, that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to be found faithful, to set an example to a lost and dying world. And God, I feel compelled to pray for marriages this morning. God, I'm thankful for mine. God, I pray that you strengthen marriages this morning. Not because we're good, but because the Holy Spirit would do a great work in our hearts. Draw us closer to each other as we draw close to you. Help us build marriages and families, oh God, that are an example to a lost and dying world. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can we leave in just a word of worship? In all my life you have been faithful. At me, though. Bless y'all. Have a great afternoon. Love you so much.